Let me invite you to take your Bible in the Word of God and go to Psalm 63, Psalm 63 and verse 1. And would you stand with me if you're able uh, for the reading of God's Word, Psalm 63 and verse 1. Just one verse this morning. O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee, my soul longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Father, You know my heart this morning. You know how thankful I am to be here and probably how nervous I am too. But God, I want You to use me uh, to be a blessing to these young people. I know we have visitors here. You know where we are and you know where you want us to be. And Lord, I pray you take this weak vessel, fill me with your spirit and help me, Lord, to preach your word in a way that would meet the needs of the heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So could I begin our time together by asking you a question? If I were to say, uh, what are you doing here? You say, well, I'm coming to chapel. (laughs) Uh, Some people say, well, pastor, I'm here uh, to prepare to serve the Lord. And uh, a few might say, well, um, I'm here to honor my parents' wishes. And that's okay. Now, some may not admit this, but some guys said, I'm here to find a wife. Uh, Our church in Illinois, we pastored in Illinois 14 years, and he went to a Bible college, and he really wasn't interested in the studies. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this. But anyway, he went there uh, to find a wife, and he said, I'll give the Lord a semester. And he found his wife, and he came home. So there you go. Forget I told you that. <laughs> and, and there may be some ladies here, they're, for, they're here for different degree. What is that degree, MRS or something like that? I don't know. But uh, wait on the Lord. Now, you, you rightly assume, when I asked that question, you probably thought you're talking about why we're here at Ambassador Baptist College. And I was, but I wasn't. I have more in mind. It's part of my question. But I'm really asking more. It's more of a bottom line question that I want to put to you this morning. And and it really is for any time in your life, not just now. It's for the rest of your life on this earth. There are a lot of bottom line issues and a lot of bottom line questions in life. And uh, right at the top of that list is this, your pursuit of God. See, I want to suggest to you that your main uh, goal and your main reason for it here being here, not just here <laughs> at the school, is to pursue God. And so uh, it's important you get this right. Many don't. When I was in college many, many, many years ago, <laughs> in our dorm we had two stairwells and there was one on the far end hardly anybody ever used. So we would, uh, we would use that stairwell for, for a prayer time for devotions and I remember going there one time, and there was a, a fellow a couple of floors up, and I could hear him, of course, it echoed down. And he was saying, God, it has been so long. It has been so long since, since I talked to you. It has been so long since I've been uh, still before you. And I'm so sorry. He poured his heart out, and he's weeping. And what had happened, he was there studying in a Christian college, studying to serve the Lord, but he had stopped pursuing his God. And the thing I want to challenge you with this morning, young people, is to pursue God. 
You know, many, and I've seen this as, you know, being the ministry myself, there are many who serve God, even those who serve God, but there are few that seek God. There's a difference. There's a difference. And by the way, it's not an either or. It's not. Um, I was in graduate school one time, and I had a roommate, and, uh, and I watched him, and, and what I saw really grieved me. His Bible stayed on his desk until we had uh, a service. I never saw him get up early. I never saw him in prayer. Unlike uh, one time I went on a men's retreat with some of the men from our church in Illinois, and uh, <clears throat> I was getting ready to get up, and I looked over in the corner, and there was one of the men of our church, and he was on his face before God. He didn't know I saw him. He would have been embarrassed if I had known, but he was seeking God. He was pursuing God. And some work for God. Listen to me. Some work for God, but they don't walk with God. It's so important. You It's so important you get those things right. I'm afraid some of us are more uh, like Martha all the time, running around doing serving. And I'm not, I'm not belittling serving, not at all. And so few are like Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus. We got to get that right, young people. We got to get that right. And uh, the challenge that I have for you today is to pursue your God now, not later, now, now. And I, I'm so passionate about this. I told our church, I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a theme for this year. And the theme's going to be seeking thee in 23. I did that because thee and 23 go together, you know. So uh, that's a little preacher tool. But anyway, seeking thee in 23, I thought it was catchy. But what's the point is to seek him now in 23. And so I, got a few, I have three words I want to leave with you today. One is seeing and seeking and serious. I don't know why they all start the same letter, but they do. I, I think I alliterate just, just the way I talk and it comes out. And I don't, even, I don't know why. Seeing. Look, look again at verse 1 uh, of, this, of our text. O God, thou art my God. So many seem to have forgotten, even people in ministry, forgotten who they are and whose they are. They seem to have gotten over the fact that they're saved. Now listen, I got saved when I was 17. And in my heart, it's like it was yesterday. I never will get over what Jesus Christ did in saving my soul. And I wasn't out in deep sin, but listen, I know when I got up off my knees, I was a new person, and I haven't gotten over it. We have a young man, well, I say he's young, he's young to me in our church, and his name is Danny. And Danny got saved uh, about a year before I became pastor, his pastor, and he was going to work one day, and he was listening to the radio, and he heard the gospel on the radio. And the Lord got a hold of his heart, and he thought, Man, I want to do that. I want to be saved. Now, this part's going to be funny, but he said, I got, to, I got to get along with the Lord. Well, the only place to do that was the bathroom. And so he went in the bathroom, and he came out of the bathroom, a new person. He got saved in the bathroom. I said, I don't think I've ever heard a testimony quite like that. But he, never, he has not gotten over being saved. We were talking about that the other morning. We were there for prayer, he and I, and he said, Pastor, 
I, I, I just can't get over being saved. I said, never do, Danny. Never do. Never do. And so they're seeing, seeing, first of all, the possession of him. Uh, Thou art my God. Now, if you're a child of God, you can be certain that no one or nothing will separate you from him and his love. Uh, We see that in John 10 and Romans 8. You're a new creature. All things are passed away. I got saved right before I went off to uh, Bible college. And I used to be amazed at how God changed me in the course of the year. Sitting in chapel, sitting on the Word of God, God changed me. And, and, and that's a glorious reality. He's mine. I'm His. I'm a child of God. And then there's a position there too. Thou art my God, early will I seek thee. And the one true God, He's my God. And the word God speaks of worship, doesn't it? God is one to be worshipped. He's the one I worship. He's the one I bow before. He's the one I reverence. He's the one I humble myself before. And uh, listen, it's not always what you say. It's what you see. It's who you see. And I appreciate what Dr. Bill said last Friday in chapel. We have lost the art of worship as individuals and as churches. We, We don't worship. We don't worship. And he talked about even getting on your face before God and bowing. And, and certainly in our heart, worshiping Him. We don't do that. Let me ask, when's the last time you worship God? When's the last time you spent time not to ask Him for things? I know next week you're, you're looking forward to midterms. I understand that. And some of you are probably praying. I remember uh, when I was in college, this guy was praying. He said, Lord, please help us to get what we deserve. And everybody's going, no, wrong, wrong, wrong prayer, wrong prayer. We need, we need mercy. <laughs> not, not that. Stop the prayer. And uh, so some of you probably are praying for miracles, sort of like the Red Sea parting. But anyway, uh, not just to ask him for, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, you need to do that, Lord. But do you just get still and say, Lord, you know what? I'm just here. To, to love you. I'm just here to adore you. I just, I just want to be in your presence. Young people learn to worship. Learn to worship. And some people say, I hear this all the time. Well, you know, I don't have time. Let me, let me tell you this. It's not the matter of the hours. It's a matter of the heart. It really is. It's a matter of your heart. And so there's the scene that we have. And then... There's the seeking of him. You see that word here in the verse? Early will I seek thee. What's that talking about? Pursuing your God. Boy, you know, I'm glad we don't have one of those clocks like that in our church. (laughs) Boy, you can't miss that. So, um, is speaking of pursuing your God. It's a passion to know God more intimately. Are you satisfied where you are in your closeness with God? If you are, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. What did Paul say? That I may know him in Philippians 3.10. And all you Greek scholars out here know what that word means. I've been talking to some of you, and you're telling me how much you are looking forward to doing your Greek project and the test and everything is all coming up. So there's a plug for you. Yeah, there you go. A Greek needs all the plugs it can get. But, um, 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. But to know him, to know him. Listen to me. Seeking or pursuing is a choice. It's a choice. Now, if you don't choose to seek him, you know what you're choosing to do? Not seek him. If you don't choose to pursue him, you're choosing not to pursue him. And some of you are making that choice by the fact that you're not pursuing him. David was going through a tough time in the writing of this psalm. Uh, Many believe it's when he was fleeing from Absalom. And so his circumstances, which were not good, didn't deter him from wanting to seek his God. Young people, don't let your circumstances color your relationship with God or your view of God. And when you get out in the ministry, you'll, you'll run into so many people who say, well, God did this, this, he let this happen, this happened. I said, you know what? He's, he's the same today when that happened when he was yesterday. He hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is you. Your circumstances should not deter your love and your pursuit of your God. And don't let your walk and your love for him be fashioned by what's happening to you. And so your love is not conditional. It should be constant. It should be constant. A couple observations here about seeking. He said, um, early, early will I seek you. Now, some of you are not early birds. I got it. But (laughs) we're not talking about your alarm clock here. We're talking about priority. If something is early, it's, it's a priority to you. It's important to you. And the pursuit of God needs to be important to you. It should be of the utmost importance. For instance, uh, children, we had three children, three girls, and I never had to pull them out of bed on Christmas morning. On school mornings, I'd go in there and I'd sing to them, rise and shine and give God, and they would say, get out, get out. (laughs) And I didn't have to do that on Christmas morning. Why? That was important. That was important. We lived in western Illinois. We pastored there for 14 years. And hunting is, by the way, if you like hunting deer, that's the place to go. Those deer are huge. I don't know if it's because of the corn. When I first moved, I thought, man, I didn't know they had elk here. But the deer, but if you run into one, you can forget your car. It'll be total. <laughs> and, um, but I saw in a sign that said, uh, beginning such such day, uh, it was a cafe, and it said, we'll be open at 3.30 in the morning. I thought, who in the world will be eating breakfast at 3.30 in the morning? That is crazy. Well, the hunters will. Why did they do that? That was important to them. And no, I never heard one hunter say, preacher, I had to get up at 2 o'clock to go hunt. And it was all, none of them. They said, man, we got up, and we got out there, and we went out there. And I said, Really? Okay. You want to come? No. 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 Seeking God needs to be a priority. It really needs to be a priority. Uh, early speaks a priority. And that's why we deal with Bob and get, getting up to seek him. You know who Bob is, don't you? You know what Bob is? The battle of the blankets. That's Bob. The battle of the blankets. And so some of you lose that battle. Some of you you later on today, you'll get it. You'll say, oh, yeah. But you're not going to get up 
to pursue him if it's not important. Our Lord was a good example, Mark 135. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. That, that priority, that passion should continue throughout the day. By the way, it's not just in the morning. But pursuit of God should be an ongoing thing throughout your day. And many believers, they never think about him. The one who died for them. Jeremiah talked about this. He says, can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Listen to this. Yet my people have forgot me days without number. Now I'll tell you what. He should be on your heart and on your mind. And you should be pursuing him because of your love for him. Your love for him. By the way, love is a choice. Above all else is a choice. And I'll say more about this as we go along. But your pursuit of God is not emotion driven. It's, it's a choice. It's volitional. So there's the seeking of a person. He says, my soul thirsteth for thee. Not pursuing a worship experience, not an experience, but a person. I hear so many people say, well, come to our church for a worship experience. And uh, you're not pursuing an experience or a feeling or emotion, but a person. Now, I'm all for emotion, okay? We're emotional people. God made us that way. But listen, the emotion should be the, the, the result, not the cause. Now, I tell you what, if you get in the presence of God and you worship Him, you're going to have some emotion. But the cause is Him and not the emotion causing you to do that. Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Tozer is one, A.W. Tozer, probably one of my favorite writers. Uh, I like what he said. He says, they want to taste, to touch with their hearts, to see with their inner eye the wonder that is God. Do you know God waits to be wanted? Are you pursuing him, young people? Are you pursuing him? I trust you are. I trust you are. And then there's a a third word that we have for you, and that's the word serious, serious. In uh, verse, it says, my soul thirsteth for thee. Serious in the intensity. Thirsteth. Thirsteth. Thirst is an intense longing. Uh, if I'm talking about it, some of you are going to get thirsty out there. <laughs> and and it's, it's thirsting for something that's essential to life. You know, if you get dehydrated, you're in trouble. And, and thirst is intense. There's, a, there's no reasoning with it. There's no forgetting it. Uh, it can't, you can't be indifferent. You can't say, you know, I forgot to be thirsty today. You know, I went the whole day, and I didn't think about being thirsty. So I didn't drink anything. I, it, it didn't even cross my mind to be thirsty. You know, maybe I need to put that on my, my, in my daytime or be thirsty tomorrow. Uh, drink water. Well, of course not. But thirst is an intense thing that you, you can't put that aside. You, you can't dismiss that. You can't get rid of that. It's important. Thirst is intense. And uh, thirst will be heard. Spurgeon said the whole man must yield to the power of God. 
It's good to have the group from Georgia here. I grew up in Georgia, not the part you are in. I was down in southwest Georgia. And uh, it gets hot in south Georgia in the summers. I mean, hot. And I worked on a farm, so it, it was nothing for it to go over 100 degrees. <clears throat> so we'd be out there in the field. And a lot of times I drove the tractor, and the guy that I worked for, I don't know why he didn't put the water keg on the tractor, but he didn't. He had it on his truck. So I knew when we got down in one row and turned around and come back up, the truck would be there with the water keg. And I tell you, I was motivated because it was hot. I felt, I felt like a piece of bacon out there frying. It was hot. And I said, oh, man, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, I'm so thirsty. I, I can't wait. And I tell you, one time we're getting there to the end of the row, and the truck takes off. I said, wait, wait, come back. Because I was so thirsty. No one had to talk me into being thirsty. You know what I think sometimes when I remember that story? When, and I think of that, the intensity and, and the desire I had to give that water. Do I pursue God with that same intensity? That's, that's what the psalmist's talking about here. And we can all relate to thirst and what it means to be thirsty and how intense that is. But is my intensity like that for God? We're so nonchalant today. We're so haphazard in our pursuit of the one who died for me, the one who loves me. Don't you know God wants you to know him? Don't you know he wants you to fellowship with him? He wants you to be as close as you'll get to him. But we, we don't thirst for him. We don't thirst for him. I have another thirsty story for you. About right after we moved to North Carolina, about 40 years ago, I went through a period of time. I was, I was pretty sick. Praise the Lord, I'm doing great now. But I went in the hospital, and uh, because of something I was having, I couldn't have anything to eat, which was okay, because I really didn't feel like eating. But then they said, you can't have anything to drink. I said, like nothing? No, you can't have anything. I said, how about just a little teeny piece of ice? Because I was so thirsty. I mean, I was so thirsty. I said, and I was trying to barter with the nurse and make a deal with her. Just, just a little piece of ice. I said, I'll tell you what, I won't even swallow it. I'll just, you know, get it wet and I'll spit it out. No, no water, nothing. No ice, nothing. Oh, man. And the more I thought about it, the thirstier I got. I thought, I can't, how am I going to survive? Well, this guy came, came in and he says, hi, I'm from Patient Relations. Oh, okay. He said, I'm just here to make sure you're comfortable and everything's going well for you. And he says, is there anything I can do for you? I said, as a matter of fact, there is. He said, you just name it. He said, you know, I would just love to have just a little teeny cup of crushed ice. You got it. So he went out, got that ice, came back, and I'm in the, and the nurse come in. Where did you get that from? I said, well, this really nice man came in, and he said anything he could get for me. And I said, sure. And I can't believe you did that. And, of course, you couldn't do anything then. But I really, I really was thirsty. I really was. And I asked myself, do I thirst for God like that? And see, the difference with that thirst, that, that was a natural reaction in my body. My thirst for God, as I've already told you, is a choice. 
If you're not thirsty for God today, it's your, it's your call. It's not God's call. It's your call. And he wants you to be that. But how intense are we? And we've got our agendas and we've got things that are more important. And we don't thirst for him. I think that's really the need of the hour in the church today. For God's people to pursue him above all else and above all others. And, uh, and the body thirsts sometimes. And so am I seeking God? Am I seeking him? And so if you don't get, if you don't get drink, you, you know, you could uh, be dehydrated and your body craves for that hydration. It does. And uh, it won't go away until you're satisfied. And then uh, it becomes a passion for you, seeking God. And your thirst really is an indicator. It says, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, is an indicator. See, thirst is an indicator of where you're at. If you're not thirsty, and then I was sick another time, and I wasn't thirsty at all. I was so sick, I, I didn't want to drink anything. And my sickness took away my thirst. And you know what happened? I got dehydrated. I had to go to the hospital, and they had to give me IVs and everything like that and uh, to give me that hydration. And if I hadn't gotten some help, who knows what would have happened. But uh, this thirst of yours, or I should say lack of, really indicates where you're at. So why wouldn't you be thirsty physically? Well, like I said, I was sick. Why wouldn't you thirst for God? Well, I think it's because of sin. And maybe we don't look at the pursuit of God as sin, but it is because I put something before him and he should be before all others and before all else. And somehow he's been bumped <laughs> off the top 10 or the top three or whatever. And so uh, are you seeking him or are you sinning? We're so consumed with things that really don't matter. We're so consumed with things that just pass away. We're not consumed with the one who loves us. And so uh, we're seeking him. We need to be serious, serious about that. We thirst for him. My flesh longeth for thee. Seek thee, for thee, for thee, he says in this verse. What David's saying is, I'm seeking, I'm thirsty for my God. Not an experience, as we've said already, but for the person of his God. I like, I have several quotes in my message from Tozer, but he said, David was a child of the burning heart. He, his heart burned for his God to be in his presence. He longed for his presence. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. There's the invitation. Thirst and Come. I know sometimes that refers to the emptiness of heart, but also refers to the desire of the heart. He's a living water. He sustains, gives life. And interesting thing about Jesus, he satisfies, but he leaves us wanting more. He really does. It's an ongoing. You know, at breakfast or whatever, you have something to drink, and you don't say, uh, listen, I already had something to drink at breakfast, so I don't need to drink again until next week. We don't do that. But sometimes in our minds we think, well, um, I had my devotions or my quiet time this morning, 
And then we walk away from that, never to pursue God again during the day. Now, is there a water fountain in the halls around here somewhere? Right here, okay. When you walk by that water fountain, you say, I don't need that. I had something to drink at breakfast. I don't need to drink that. I already had something for breakfast. Good night. I don't want to be a fanatic drinking all the time. I, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, you don't say that. Sometimes even out of habit, you just say, man, I'm a little thirsty and get some drink. Why don't we pursue God like that? Why don't we? Every time you pass this water fountain right here, this is what I want you to ask yourself. Am I thirsty for God? Am I thirsty for God? Remember, it's a choice. It's not a feeling. Well, you know, I just didn't feel like pursuing God. It's not a feeling, young people. It's your choice. It's an act of your volition. And it's an ongoing thing. And so your body craves uh, hydration, I understand. But you need to choose to pursue God and to do it constantly, constantly. Are you thirsty for God? Is there something that consumes you more? Is there something that, that, that uh, takes your attention more than Him? And I tell you, we are so distracted today. Sometimes it's good things that distract us. Sometimes it's the things of the world. Sometimes it's the things of the flesh. <clears throat> Ask yourself some hard questions this morning. Do I pursue God? Am I seeking Him? What are you doing to do that? Of course, getting God's Word and prayer... But I want to suggest to you that those things are important, but I want to suggest to you that you just get still in his presence and just worship him. God wants to be worshiped. He wants to be pursued. Are you doing that? I trust you are. I trust you are. I found this prayer that uh, Tozer wrote um, really expressing his heart. I want you to listen carefully. Maybe you can identify with this. But see, unless we determine to make a change, a change won't happen. And you say, well, you know, yeah, I should be pursuing God. Then do it. What I pray for you when you leave chapel today or when you come and seal this thing down, you'll say, you know what? Lord, I, I'm making a choice and I am going to pursue you constantly. Daily. Here's what he said. Oh God, I've tasted thy goodness and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I'm painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire. Boy, a lot of us are there. We should be. We should be smitten. We should be ashamed of our lack of desire to pursue him. Oh, God, the triune God, I want, listen, I want to want thee. Maybe you're not where you should be, but you say, God, I want to be there. I want to want you. I want to pursue you and seek your face. I long to be filled with longing. Oh, I want to. And I'll tell you what, if you're there, you're, in the, you're headed the right way. You really are. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. 
Show me thy glory. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, that so I may know thee indeed. Oh, that you get the passion of Paul, that I might know him. Know him by experience, not just about him. And it's so important that we, that we not just serve God, but that we seek him. And it's not just work for him, but walk with him. It's so important we do that. I pray thee that so I may know thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, my fair one, come away. Then give me grace to rise and follow thee upon this misty lowland where I've wandered so long. Do you want to want this morning? Do you thirst to be thirsty? Now, I don't know about you, but God has spoken has spoke in my heart even today. I tell our church, God speaks on both sides of the pulpit. He does. And I want to pursue him even more. I hope you do too.